need something new. 24 7. Something that just says nasty. Comedy radio. All comedy, all the time. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com. Presented by our good friends over at 247comedy.com. Make sure you head over there, get that iHeartRadio app, and get a 24-7 streaming comedy that you can listen to 24-7. Imagine laughing 24-7. It's amazing. And of course, as Logan mentioned, the show's being brought to you today by Amazon. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, Sean, I don't need something for Amazon. Well, that's where you're wrong, sir. Because if you go to SeanTGreen.com, you click the Amazon banner, you can get your mom or any mother in your life, an amazing gift over at Amazon. They literally have everything. They have um, bicycles, plants, chewing tobacco, whatever your mom's into. <laughs> you can go Those over are the three shun- things my mom right Yeah, exactly. Into. The big three, the, you know, the traditional Mother Day gifts of, you know, bicycles, chewing tobacco, and gardening supplies. You can head over to com, click that Amazon link, and while you do that, you can just bookmark that link. So uh, anytime you want to get something off Amazon, you hit that bookmark link, you go over, bing, bang, boom, your mother would be proud, and I'm proud to uh, welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, what's going down? Ni hao, chat. Ni so. hao, where's that come from? It's Mandarin. Nice. Really, really stepping outside the box, Logan. He yeah. speaks to the orange people. Yes. Exactly. All right, and that is uh, our, uh, our guest for the show, Alex Super. Alex, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. No problem. And now, um, let's see, you're a... Uh, you're a stand-up comedian, right? So they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the word some would use to describe it. That is, it is a weird moment, like or just when you're starting out, or just you know you're starting to do comedy, and then wait, are you a stand-up comedian? Well, I, I do stand up. There's no like a, it's not like the mafia where you have like a moment where you're like officially in as a stand-up yeah, comedian. There's no one no... knighted me, all like you know, no one touched the sword to my shoulders and said you are in, the, you know, our realm. <laughs> you in the stand-up comedy brotherhood? Yeah, there's. No, I, that would be nice if they had a ceremony where you get made. Maybe you have to off someone, whatever. Kind of like a gang <laughs> violence thing. You know, you jump someone in into the uh, comedy gang. I support gang violence of any kind. Exactly. So. <laughs> now you were, um, and now where are you from originally, Alex? I'm a, I'm a Baltimorean. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimorean. Yes. Now, did you grow up there your entire life? I was there for uh, 18 years. Then I went to college in Pittsburgh for four years, and then I came here, where I've been for three and a half. Three and a half years. So, yeah, that's how long I've been. So in you came here right from uh, right from college. Yeah, I pretty pretty much because I already uh, I was already in the Screen Actors Guild and I couldn't get any work in Pittsburgh as an actor. Really, <laughs> not so. a lot of not a lot not, of SAG gigs. In not, Pittsburgh. not a lot of great opportunities going on there. So I came out here and um, yeah, it's you know it's been fun ever since. Yeah, nice, good times. Now let's see here. All right, so we'll we'll take you back a little bit. What was um. You know what? How would you describe yourself as a kid? What do you would you were you like a nerd? Were you a jock? I was theater kid. I I was almost like a mix of all three because like I played sports, 
Um, but I did theater, but only because I didn't know what else to do and I needed a creative outlet other than just like yelling. Because yeah. I was a very angry child. I was right. very, very angry and depressed throughout my teenage years. Just horrible things that I don't like to speak of. Um, a time that I'd rather I, I, I rather frown upon. I guess that's where I got me to today. But uh, I was just such an asshole kid. And I don't know why. I don't know. I couldn't tell you why I was. But I was just something inside was just like. Rah! I don't know. I had fr- I had <laughs> too many extracurriculars. I, you, I sound, you sound like you have an angry voice. Was it? Was it the? Uh, <laughs> you, you, your voice sounds like. Yeah. All right, don't make me use this again. I don't want to do it. It's it's what everyone thinks when I when they see me on stage because like I yell a lot on stage that I'm a very angry person in real life mm-hmm. and, and I'm not. It's just I release it all on stage. Like that's where I get angry. Like, exactly. Like I'm very happy and like I just you know I'm very easy to get along with and I'm always in a good mood. But when I get on stage, people are like, "What are you so angry?" about yeah life man hey I'm, I'm angry on stage and off stage so i know i know where you're coming from you now go. did you uh did you ever kind of figure out anywhere any pl- do you have any ideas of why you were kind of angry as a kid were you was it other kids i mean were- i wasn't getting I, I wasn't no it wasn't other kids i wasn't getting laid i was uh angry at my parents for making me do stuff all the time i didn't want to do schoolwork. Uh, I couldn't get earbuds to stay in my ears. It was just horrible things. <laughs> Alex is uh, having trouble with the earbuds. <laughs> my ears don't properly fit earbuds. It's a weird uh, thing. Dude, I have the same thing with earbuds. They're always like a little, I don't know, it's, it's something, yeah, I'm, something. I'm the same thing. They but, don't really quite fit in there, and then it's, I feel like my earbuds are expanding when they're, they're in there. Yeah, I, know I, just, I guess the easy way is I hated authority for some reason. Like, I couldn't explain. Like, I don't know if I watched something when I was little that just made me go, like, don't listen to anybody. Yeah. But uh, I, anytime somebody told me to do something, I was like, I will not do that. Like, even if it was beneficial to me, I didn't want to do it. They could tell me we were going to a theme park for a day, and I would, like, just hate my parents and be like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> just, it didn't matter. I just, anything they said, I would rebel against for... Now, was it uh, possibly the influence of one Bart Simpson? I know he was a big influence for me personally. When I would see uh, Bart on TV, I'm like, wow, that guy doesn't take crap from anyone. I, re- I kind of appreciate his style, and he was getting, you know, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, you know, at the height of the Bartman phase and oh, all yeah. that. So it, when you see a guy like Bart, like, oh, my God, he's the coolest kid in the world. He just, he doesn't do his schoolwork. He just wisecracks, and, uh, yeah, kind of a role model there. I remember, um, I remember watching the very first episode of The Simpsons ever. I was like five years old, and it just came out like uh, on Fox. And I remember watching the first episode with my parents, and they went, "We will never watch this show again," <laughs> which lasted about six months or so. Because I like I've seen like every I mean, oh well, not for the past like five years. I've been kind of intermittent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Before that, like I know every Simpsons episode. And to think that my parents were like, "Never again! This family just hates each other. We don't want to watch a family that hates each other." <laughs> Like, what are we supposed Why? to do? That's funny. I know. What You just want the Brady Bunch nonstop? Like, I remember my show uh, I wasn't allowed to watch was uh, Married with Children. Oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, that crass uh, Married with Children. And Married with Children, like, now you look at it, it's it's so hilariously tame. I mean, like, the worst, the worst thing the Bundys do is, like... Uh, you know, it's like, oh my God, they, uh, you know, they talked about sex, or Al yeah. Bundy puts his hands down his pants when he's relaxing. Like now, if you look at that to compare to what kids are exposed to today oh with gosh, the internet, so it's tame. insane. My yeah. my parents were really contradictory though because I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was five, but they would like leave me in the room while they watched Tales from the Crypt and like Dream <laughs> On. If you remember that, that was a really oh, early Dream show. Yeah, remember Dream <laughs> On? Like they were letting me watch that. Like I knew what a whipped cream bikini was before. Like I was allowed to watch. 
the Simpsons. It was really, I was exposed to porn at a very young age. No, was that uh, was that in a Dream On episode? The the whipped cream bikini was on. Uh, yeah, Wendy Malick was wearing it in a Dream On episode. Oh wow, yeah, I do remember going over to my buddy's house and watching uh, some HBO's Dream On. Like, whoa, they talk about sex on a TV show. This oh, yeah. is insane. That was like, like when you're in fifth grade. Like, this is crazy. That was like you're having a sleepover and like you wait till the parents went to bed at like two a.m. Like, guys, can we watch it now? Okay, let's turn it on. <laughs> yeah, either that or what was the other big show? I remember uh, Silk Stockings. Oh yeah, I never a, really uh, watched that one too much, but. Yeah. yeah, it was a little more mature, but it was, uh, yeah, I forget what channel it was on. It was like... Um, that was like the Red Shoe Diaries of porn TV shows. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, basically the just the acting of the, like a softcore porno without any of the sex scenes. So it was just like cheesy acting with kind of like sexy scenarios. But, it, you know, it was never really... Uh, I mean, compared to what you can just get on your cell phone today, it's nothing. Yeah, at least Dream <laughs> On was funny. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was like a funny comedy about a kid... Figuring out sex. I mean, from what I remember, I, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Now, okay. So you're you have an angry childhood. You never really. You're just a, you just remember being pissed off a lot as a kid. I was so just. Do yeah. You, do you ever like tantrum? Did you ever? Oh, I tantrumed like like it was so bad that like my parents would dress me in a car like would tend like an hour forcing me to put like nice clothes on to go to like a wedding or something like that. As soon as they put me in the back of the car, I would just strip naked just so they had to do it all over again <laughs> oh, when shit. I got there. Like I would do anything just like to just you know. Just make them upset. Like, I love seeing my parents riled up for some reason. And, like, looking back, like, I've apologized to them so many times. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I'm just, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't explain why. Cause, like, I'm the reason I never want to have my own kids. Right. Like, I don't ever right. want to have to deal with what I was. Like, that just sounds horrible to me. Yeah, that's a funny way to look at it. It seems like most people look back at their childhood and they're like, oh man, my parents fucked up. I'm not going to be like them. Yeah, yeah they, no, my parents, the opposite. My, my, my parents were amazingly tolerant. Of, they were like, no, just let them work it out. Let them work it out. Painting on the walls, that's fine. <laughs> but you, th- you you couldn't figure it out? You think it's just uh, a kind of um, just the anti-authority streak you had in you? I guess. I mean, like, like, you know, they always try to put like, oh, my family has a history of depression and blah, blah, blah. But that's all, you know, you can get past all. I think that's what I need. I think I just needed to find a way to work past all of that. Like, and I don't know what happened, but some, some, and sometime in college, I just literally just woke up and was like, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to be angry and upset all the time. And I want, I want to think about my own decisions and live life for myself instead of thinking about other people. And, blow, and just, So I, you discovered weed? No, that was way <laughs> earlier than that. <laughs> that happened when I was 14. It is funny how people can still have an anger problem and smoke a ton of weed. Yeah, I, and I was smoking a ton of weed. My parents were convinced that was part of the problem is that I was smoking too much weed, and that's why I wasn't doing my schoolwork and stuff. And it's like, that's not, that's not the problem. That's just happens, you know. <laughs> They're too unrelated. Yeah, and that's things. just my right-hand man in the, in the matter. Yeah, exactly. He's supporting my decisions. That's what the weed is doing. He's my friend. Right. I have, a, right. I have a lot of free time because I'm not doing my schoolwork. Thus, I have free time to smoke weed and get high. Yeah, weed doesn't make me do my schoolwork. Exactly. He doesn't want. He doesn't expect things of me. <laughs> He's not up my ass like you guys. Um, so, all right. So, 
When did you um you, you said you were you were getting into theater as a, as a kid? Like yeah. when do you, when do you when's the acting bug bite you? My grandmother was a professional actress, right? She has been for her whole life. She still is at like 93 years old. Really? Um yeah, she did like she did like some John Waters movies and stuff, a lot of stage, a lot of commercials and things. And so my parents always figured like let's just push him into that. Like it'll be better for him cuz obviously he doesn't <laughs> want to do anything structured. So um it ended up what happened is I went to an acting high school because I couldn't go this <laughs> Wow, that's I, I mean to me that's just crazy picturing an acting high school in I, Baltimore. I haven't thought about this in a really long time, but the reason I had my parents like almost like made me go to the to the magnet school for acting because if I had taken theater at my regular high school that I was supposed to go to, um, the theater teacher was a man who my mother had fought. Who, she's a lawyer had fought against in court because he had uh, put his fingers in his son's butt, and so <laughs> Holy she, shit. she was afraid that if he ever found out that I was her like her son that he would. Just just like have this bias against me so i'm looking like well how am i supposed to take class from a guy who i knew put his fingers in his child yeah, like this has got to be that's got to be he's, yeah. he's still a teacher and he still was a teacher yeah isn't that crazy I what did they like, say like oh this is some form of discipline <laughs> what do you go like? What do you like? Say he's like. A, you go to the Jerry Sandusky School of Coaching. What? Yeah. What do you do? Where did he? How did he? Uh, did you remember how the case was resolved or what I, happened? Yeah. No, I know he wasn't allowed to see his son anymore because I like what happened. Like, my mom. Only, was, wow. No, only you can't, students every day. Yeah, just students. <laughs> if, if, are, are these your kids? No, oh, no, that's that, you can't see them. But other kids, that's fine. But yeah, apparently the three-year-old kid, he literally went up to his mom, and was like, "Daddy put his fingers in my butt and it hurt." And, like, so then, then this guy was, I mean, like, Whoa. a theater teacher that touches kids? Come on now. Don't <laughs> stereotype. But it really, like, and so, I, yeah, that's, to answer your question, that's how I started doing acting mainly. Okay, so, wait, of, basically you got into acting to avoid having your <laughs> acting teacher put a finger in your butt. That's essentially right. It was, it was, it was an acting Do you ever go back to that high school and thank him, like, man, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be anything. Like, that would be great if you win an Oscar someday or, something, like, an Emmy or something. Hey, I just want, I'm going to dedicate this to uh, Mr. O. Wilson over at the uh, public school over in the uh, Baltimore School District who... <laughs> For some reason, decided it was a good idea to stick his finger in his uh, kid's butt, and therefore I wasn't allowed to go to that school. Instead, I went to the magnet school where they had an amazing acting class. Uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> Taught me everything I knew. Well, that's gr- – I mean, that's uh... – Wow, that's hilariously bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't thought about that in so long. About that, that, that really is the reason why I mainly why I started doing. So wait, acting. did you? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you start public school and then you went to more uh, a theater only school or a theater centric? Yeah, like, well, like when I like there's you know you know like governor schools and magnet schools and stuff like that. Like my the high school I went to basically had nine different primes or focuses like majors you could like you could go to and some of them it was as simple as like carpentry or culinary school and then there was business which business was always funny because business was the smartest and the dumbest kids yeah. together at the exact same time that is, i feel like that's kind of like what business is now like yeah. you get guys who are just really really smart I mean, you know, like super intelligent, uh, you know, Ivy League school guys running, you know, Fortune 500 companies, and then you also just have like dumb guys who know how to like organize people and yeah. have have a simple idea and just execute it. But we're probably not smart guys, but just have business sense and are able to run a company. I feel like the, the like it's also just like, well, what would my son? What what would be a good career for him? 
business. Yeah, exactly. I think he'd be good at business. And it yeah. is it does sound vague enough that it's hard to like, whoa, your son's your son's going into business? That's I mean, yeah. your business is a good fallback plan. It could be it would be very good. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for a job, business is usually a great place to start. I should say so. So, you went to these uh, the magnet school and you said they have uh nine different Yeah, nine different uh yeah, and like I mean, so I went for acting. Um you can go for writing. I mean, there were, you know, art. My brother was there as a Wow, as, that's as like I mean, I don't remember when I was growing up. I don't remember any sort of like specialized high schools. It was just high school, and then within the high school, you would have electives and stuff like that. But there wasn't yeah. even there was vocational school. Like if you were not, if you were pretty dumb and were like borderline of dropping out, they'd send you to vocational school. You know, you get learn how to install like brake pads and stuff like that, and that was your day. <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't remember anything as cool as like a specialized it, school. Looking back, like it was, it was really dope. Just because like all the kids that went there were really eclectic and really, you know, they came from all sorts of different backgrounds. They were all into different arts and things like that. And so because of that, like our school always had tons of art on the walls. We always had, you know, just a very laid back vibe and things like it. Just it, it was felt. It felt a lot less structured. I mean, it still was obviously. We still had to go to class and everything, and it was just, like yeah. And, school, and did but... you you still had your normal coursework? Yeah. It was just heavy electives. Yeah, just like. Your... Twice a day, like we would, like twice a day, we would have some sort of class that dealt with, you know, what our focus was for being there. And your your focus was theater. Yeah. So I, you know, so I I would do, you know, I would do English class in the morning, and then go to acting class, and then have gym, and then science, and then I'd be out of there. Like we we did hour and a half long classes four times a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. we had the similar breakdown block scheduling. Yep. Four. Yeah. Uh, hour and a half classes. I think that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, I dug it. Now, what um, like what kind of kids go to an acting school, um, like an acting high school? Pretentious little fucks, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just picture Baltimore as kind of like either you know, like rough. A little. I mean, were you in Baltimore, like the city proper? Or no, like I was like I was like twenty minutes outside the city. Um, okay, and so in a suburb called Towson, um, which oh, is okay. it's pretty big. Like you know, like it's a big suburb, but. Uh, yeah, man, just the kids were, I mean, the kids there were great. Like, they were all just, they, everyone came from a different background because it's a free school, but you have to, like, audition or apply to get in. And so he comes from all over the county. And so instead of just growing, you know, your friends are he, live here, so then you all go to school together for 12 years. Instead, like, suddenly I got to high school and it was like all these different kids came in. Yeah, it's almost so, like, kind of like your own version of college. Yeah, and it was nice because it's suddenly like, oh, you're from where? So, like, you get, like the whole county kind of converges into one and you really see, like, what makes it up as a city. Almost, you see the diversity that comes within a city like Baltimore, which there is plenty of it. Yeah, so. I've seen The Wire. I know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, okay, so acting, and uh, what about the girls? What, like, what about the girls in acting high school? Are they oh, are man. they cool? It's, it's so awesome. You just, like, here's the, okay, <laughs> I'll say this, like, like, being, like, theater school is so incestuous, like, everybody kind of knows that, like, everybody just kind of, yeah, like, comes like up comedy. with each other. But it was, like, literally, like, you would be, like, you know, you'd have your friend, everybody in your class was your friend, and you'd have parties, and I'd be like, oh my god, do you guys all want to make out with each other? Wouldn't it be so crazy if we drank this money? Hard lemonade and they just made out. And it's like, yeah, you want to do that in the hot tub with our clothes up? Okay, that'd be silly. Like, and it was kind of, it, it really, it was, it was pretty great. Um, but it was also like, I mean, I was never actually dating any of these girls. I was, sure. I was just like hooking up, making out, whatever at random parties, and then we would go do it with someone else later that night. Like, and it was just, yeah. Hey, you were in the mix though. Oh, yeah, man. no, it was, it was, it was great. I have no complaints about that time about about those. So times. now, did you? It, it sounds like you had a passion for acting, and your parents recognized it, or it was kind of like 
they just brought he, about this idea and you ran with it a little bit? I think so. Like I was always, I was always wanted, I was, I'm always, always wanted to be the center of attention. I guess like, I think that's part of where the stand up comedian thing comes from too. Is I like, yeah. I just like people focusing on me for some narcissistic reason. <laughs> um, as my earbuds fall out, <laughs> yeah, oh, don't, don't worry about it, man. You can keep them out yeah, till no, it's fine. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, I guess they really they, – they did the right thing. I mean they pushed me in that direction. They kind of figured this would be a good outlet for you and it well, was. He seems to seek attention, the kid who's naked in the backseat <laughs> kicking everyone. Yeah, so for some reason he likes people looking at him. But so it was it was a really good choice and then I didn't know what to do after after high school. Yeah, what's so. the uh, – what was the play in high school? I mean you have a – a high school degree in theater. Are yeah. You, are you worried about like? Are you thinking, hey, I'm going to go to college somewhere. I'm going to go get a job. Well, t- at the time, I was having a really, I was in a really, really bad place because I was, um, I senior year hit and like three days in, I was like, I'm done with school. I hate this. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and so I stopped going for two weeks. And my parents were like, What do we do? What do we do? They put me on this program called the Home and Hospital Program, which is like for like kids that are either pregnant or just had a baby or they were expelled for violence or they had a back surgery and they couldn't go to school for whatever reason you take school in a, over a phone in your living room like you all conference in so for four months i did school like five hours a week just four months in. yeah for the first half of senior year that's how i did school now I wait just, how, do, how does that go down because like i'm just picturing my parents if i said i didn't want to go to school they'd be like Okay, but you're going to school. I'll drag you in the car and what now? You know, try at 17. Could they really have dragged you if you really didn't want to go? Yeah, no, I guess I guess you're right. So you were just you just laid down the law and just said, "Hey, I'm not going to class." Yeah, and then you know what? You know what the best part was when the at first they what they when they told the school they suspended me. That was like, I'm well, not there you going. Go. I was like, I'm not going to school anymore. They're like, well, then you're suspended for three days. I was like, great. My plan is working out famously. Right now, did now. you have a plan? What was your reason no, to had, not want to go to oh, school? Oh, man. I had no plan. I just like, I got into this like, almost like Bukowski ish mindset without reading it or anything. Just like, I'm just like, God, this is all such bullshit. What is it all for? Like, really? So then I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to have a. D- job and then i got into that whole like <laughs> so you had like an existential crisis i did and, the, and so i really started like freaking out and i didn't want to go anymore i just wanted to stay at home and eat macaroni and cheese and watch Eliminate. like i was like i don't want to go to school anymore <laughs> um and so i stopped and then i didn't go for four months and it was great and then they told me if you want a degree you have to come back um and so i went back and took two classes that i needed to graduate just english and acting class i went every other day for three hours and I graduated. Wow. And, that, uh, that seems like a oh much man. better way to do high school. Dude, what exactly. were you so angry about? I'm wondering. I, I know, right? <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I tell people, like, you had the life, man. You were just milking it. You were being an asshole. And I was like, yeah. Now, was it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the school environment yourself because it seemed like acting is something you're interested in. Yeah. You would think, you know, and you said you were hanging out with girls like that and stuff like that. Nothing happened where you, like, wanted to shut all that off. No, you, I loved all my friends and everything. I just hated having to do work I didn't care about like I hated having to do a history report on something that just I didn't want to do it on like I hated assigned projects if I got to pick my project and do something on it it was great but whenever they were like this is what you need to do I was like I don't want to do that yeah <laughs> and so that's where you know it just came in and I would sit there and I would procrastinate 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 I mean the amount of the amount of papers I wrote at four in the morning like before I had to go to school just because finally I was like all right fine just man up and do it but 
I just I hated it. I hated it so much, man. I don't know. There's something in my brain chemistry that was like, it was like, Dude, you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna conform to the man's <laughs> rules. You tell Mr. D. Paolo that he can suck it. Right? <laughs> not finger it though. Yeah, no, don't no. finger it. Never finger it. <laughs> so you finally decide, hey, I want to go back to high school because I want to get a degree. Now, yeah. what's what's your reasoning there? Did you finally just a light bulb went off and go, wait, I kind of need a high school degree? You sitting well, around, my parents started seeing too me. many ITT tech commercials and yeah, trucking school. Exactly. My parents started talking about like GED classes, and I was just like thinking about like who am I going to meet in GED classes? Like who are going <laughs> to be not cool people? acting who gonna, chicks? Who are going to be my peers? And I just kind of thought like, like, and I didn't want to like I don't ever want to think that I'm better than anyone or anything like that but i mean like i'm i'm not a stupid person and so to go to ged classes and be around that kind of humiliating thing, it would it would just i feel like it would just you know make me dumber that's what like there's no way i'm gonna have any sort of intellectual conversations with like you know a lot of these people and that right we just i don't know i just felt like it wouldn't put me in a good place so i went back just so i can get a real degree okay mm-hmm. so you went back so you could get a real degree and then after you graduate with the real degree your plan then is to go to college well, I went to community college for a year. My parents oh, nice. gave me the get a job or get out or go to, get, go to college or get out. So I was like, okay, I'll go to community college and I'll just take the easiest classes possible. I'll take <laughs> theater 101 and a health 101. And Continuation all these of high school. Yeah, exactly. And that's all it was. Like, I mean, I love, I love it out here because they call it junior college out here in California. Yeah, yeah. Like, we call it on the East Coast community college. Like, that's why the show is called Community, you know? Exactly. But out here, it's junior college, which I think is so, so humiliating. It is yeah. very condescending. <laughs> Like, it really is. Oh, you're not ready for the big boy college. You come to junior college. It's, it's like patronizing almost. It's, it's, right. I mean, generally, now generally there, I mean, obviously there's exceptions of a person who's like, wow, I'm really down financially. It does make sense to just go to two years of community college. Yeah. Or, hey, you need a couple credits here or there. It makes sense. But usually, if you're not interested in school enough in high school to get into a real college and then you're just going to all of a sudden – turn it around and be super interested in community college. I mean, it can happen, like, if you're going back to school at a later age yeah. or getting a couple of credits. But generally, if you go to community college, it's just kind of the waiting room for life. After going for a year, though, I really feel like everyone should go and just get a year's worth of just your, you know, your uh, credits out of the way, like your general elective credits that you have to get anyway. Yeah. it costs you, like, $2,000, and it's so cheap, and, like, it's just, and it really, like, it's good just to do it before you just thrust yourself into a four-year like I did, and it really took me, like, what's really funny is, like, you know, I took the easiest classes as possible, as I said, so I got, like, B's and A's in it. So when I went to apply to college, um, a school in Pittsburgh ended up nominating me for a presidential scholarship, which was based on <laughs> academics, wow. leadership skills, and community service, all three of which were completely lacking <laughs> yeah, Exactly. On and I ended up getting a $40,000 scholarship to go to college oh, wow. after wow. dropping out of high school. Wow. Which, wow. Is, which is one of my finer, my, my prouder achievements in, that is in, in pretty... my life. Yeah, I mean, I went to high school every day senior year, got good grades, got, like, hardly any scholarships. Meanwhile, yeah. I should have just been sitting at home eating macaroni and cheese watching Eliminate. Yeah, Wait, the best, you never the best... had senioritis? You didn't skip any Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I skipped some days, but, I mean, I went – when I said go every day, I mean, I was an active participant in high school. I didn't just sit at home for four months going, yeah. I don't want to do <laughs> high I was, school. I was the laziest piece of shit, and I ended up getting rewarded for it somehow. Like, yeah. the, the system came back down on me. And, I mean, it, can, it happened, like, a bunch of times. Like, when I was in community college – my sister and I signed up for the exact same uh, public speaking class, and on the first day, it was like a two-hour wait in between classes, and that was my last class, and I was like, 
I don't want to wait two hours and have a class and wait to go home and rush hour travel. I'm just going to go home. And I never went to the class and I never dropped the class. And so when it came time to get a report card, I was like, oh my God, I never dropped that class. Shows up on our report card as an A for the class, right? Never did the work, never went once. My wow. sister did the work, went to the class and got a B. <laughs> <laughs> You're, it sounds like your teacher was a version of you, like, ah, fuck it up. Yeah, I, I, think, guy, I think I saw that guy in class. Give him an A. This guy's got the system figured out. He knows he <laughs> so doesn't yet, yet, And then yet, your yep. sister, he's like, oh, I don't like that chick. She's, she works too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's desperate. <laughs> All right. So her doing her work. You knock out one year of community college, somehow get a $40,000 scholarship. Yeah. What's, the, what's the school you Point, go to in Pittsburgh? Point Park University. Point Park. Pittsburgh, and, uh, Pennsylvania. You're just keeping the theater thing going? Yeah, I went, I went for theater and I just like – because I figured it was the only thing I know how to do right now and I don't want to get a job. And if my parents – they were so happy I got that scholarship, they were willing to pay for the other half of my college. Like So I got really lucked out and I don't have student loans because of that because they, yeah. they were just so – it was always the plan I would pay for half and they would pay for half and they ne- and they were just like well they were so amazed and shocked <laughs> and they were just like well oh that can be your half <laughs> yeah cool so um yeah so i did i mean i did that and honestly like i didn't like going to school so much like i, I still didn't like it still didn't like <laughs> all, it. all of a sudden the, the switch didn't come on you yeah. all of a sudden really wanted to crack a book but i still i loved living in pittsburgh and it was an awesome city to live in just because it's a sports town and a drinking town and they yeah. just like they it's you can walk your bike everywhere it's just a cool place to live and be, like it has a stigma because people still think of like oil steel coal and all these other things and it's just not at all it's this beautiful place that just like this hidden gem of a city where everyone's nice to you so, yeah no it's a, a it's thing. a it's a nice town they care about their sports teams they care about drinking eating putting fries yeah. on sandwiches that you can do, do worse that they do all right so you're going to college how is uh how's college life treating you college was good i uh i lived with i, I lived with two girls right off the bat um, I was uh, or I, I lived in the dorms for four months, and then I was just like, I got to get out of here. This is awful. Um, so I moved into a house with. <laughs> it's I, kind of a, it's kind of a theme. Yeah, yeah. Of you no, being pissed off at stuff and be like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> this is horseshit. I'm out of here. You're six years old. Where'd you learn that? I don't know. This sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, but you have to go to high school. Ah, this sucks. I'm out of no, here. Fuck it. I'm not doing this. You have to live in the dorms. No, I don't. You have to go to community college. Ah, that sucks. I'm out of here. Everything. By the way, you keep so failing what, upwards. What was your motivation? to keep going to college because it was or just no it was just it was i didn't have anything else to do and my parents were going to force me i didn't want to live with my parents anymore i didn't want them i was like waiting tables when i was going to community college and i was looking at all the people that were waiting tables in like their late 20s early 30s and i was just looking right. at well, like i don't i don't want to i don't want to just do coke off a menu for the next 20 <laughs> years man like this is fine for now but I don't <laughs> yeah, wanna, exactly i don't want to keep doing this and like, yeah at, at 22 you do some blow off a menu you eat some hot sticks just stay out drinking at 4 a.m yeah, ruby tuesdays never had a better server than me on coke <laughs> <laughs> hey you're I'm, i imagine you'd be super attentive really like i mean you're already kind of a high energy guy yeah, I, oh man i've moved from table to table with lightning speed <laughs> hey, just my turn times were ridiculous like 15 <laughs> minutes at dinner how is that possible now were you in like in high school and college were you a big partier yeah i've always I, i've always uh had 
a tendency towards to steer towards things that fuck me up. I've always, for some, since I was like really young, I've always been like, I remember like when I was in like seventh grade, like trying to find pot. Like I knew the kids that smoked the pot and I was always trying to hang out with them and things like that. Cause like I was, I had this like thing of just like, I just want to know like what it does. Like why do people want to do this so bad? And I've kind of always had that. So I'm kind of experimental in what I'll try. Like, and you know, I have things that like, I'm not going to do meth. I'm not doing heroin. I'm not doing PCP. There's a lot of things I won't do, but if it's in the realm of, just like well i know that's safe it's more so like wait a minute you did that you <laughs> you like kate weinberg like 15 year old girl you did that okay i can do that exactly <laughs> i can eat ecstasy well, that, if you did it that's the thing they say marijuana is the gateway to drugs but i think it's more chicks or the idea <laughs> of like because it, there's that aspect of like oh wait a girl smoking weed give me that weed I'll, i can yeah, handle it I can a girl's weed. drinking a beer i can drink a beer and then also like hey you know what gives you a ton of confidence? Uh, have a couple shots. You know that'll really ease the tension between asking a chick out on a date. So yeah, you know, kind of all that stuff you're going through in your teens and in college and stuff like that. Just it makes it so much easier on alcohol. Yeah, definitely. It definitely did. I just, I really just, I liked being fucked up, and I liked, <laughs> I liked, I liked, I liked that the drug culture was kind of the outside world, and that it was part. Of, it was always kind of what I'd steer toward because it was all the people that were telling me you have to go to school, you have to do this. Those were all the straight edge people that were telling me not to do all these things. And meanwhile, like you know, the pot and things like that were fueling creativity in me and just really like making me think in a different. I remember, I literally think I did not appreciate nature. I know I didn't. I didn't appreciate nature. <laughs> Until I took mushrooms for the first time at 16 years old. I remember having that moment where I woke up the next morning and I was like, look at this sunset. I've never, I've never seen a sunset like this. And from that point on, I've been so amazed by the beauty of the world, of things of a way I never thought before. And I think, like, I think everyone should take mushrooms once. I think everyone should just do it one time being like, because I really think it does open you up to an amazing way of thinking that like you don't have before that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just funny. You're like shrugging, like that. That's what I got to say for mushrooms, Sean. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm tired of you hating on mushrooms and saying it's a bad idea. It's like I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not arguing. Yeah, I mean, it's for me. Like the idea of mushrooms. I, I think the equivalent. It's almost like. Um, yeah, it's just like a reboot of your computer or your brain or whatever. Yeah, that's and you're a good like, way to look at it. Everything, basically, like yeah, you get. You get programmed to kind of just do stuff and take things for granted, and whether it's like your dog, your parents, um, yeah, I mean, just the nature around you, just the the amazement of technology that we're around. Like, you can just sit there and be like, look at the freeway and go, wow, everything that's happening on this gigantic freeway, every part of this eventually, at one point, came from the earth. Like, whether it's the rubber on the tires or the aluminum, you, you can, and you just think of all the processes that we created to make stuff and how our brain is just firing off. Like, right now, all we are, all we are, just a bunch of carbon atoms. Just a bunch of carbon yeah, atoms. Yeah, and, and, and right now, banging together. Right now, you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, and, and what's happening? Audio waves are hitting your eardrums, synapses are firing <laughs> left and right in your brain. This is you're wondering if You're wondering <laughs> if Sean's on shrooms right now. Exactly. No, you can blow your mind with that kind of stuff i love that feeling though when you're on like i always tell because i've done i've done it with like for the first time with a couple people that have never done it and i always like tell them like you're gonna have this moment in the middle of it when you feel like this is how you're supposed to feel this (laughs) is the way i'm meant to feel all the time yeah for some reason i don't now just so you know you're not meant to feel like that all the time because then nobody would ever get anything done (laughs) there would be no buildings there would be no roads there would be nothing yeah you'd stop your work in the middle of it and just be like wow people start talking about like 
Yeah, I know people say you shouldn't be on mushrooms all the time, but I think I can pull it off. Like you're you're right in that in that middle part, and you're just like ah oh, do do do, you know, like hey, people should just live their lives on mushrooms all the time, and yeah, because oh, you're, you're just like yeah, you're feeling good, you're you're enjoying nature, you're kind of connecting. All right, so you're, now what are you doing? Like acting stuff outside of schools, or is it just school well, acting projects? Oh, I ended up getting um, expelled from my college. Because, oh no, no, go but what happened, right? Alex? You can't believe it. What, what happened, Alex? Were you I tired was, uh, of putting up with someone's bullshit? <laughs> pretty much, actually. Um, <laughs> junior year, I was cast in a play at the very start of the school year. Um, and I had like five lines in this restoration comedy that I didn't care about playing a character <laughs> named Sancho the Pimp. I had a really cool costume. Other than that, fuck it. Um, I didn't want to be in this play. So then I get this job um, uh, doing an MTV show for like two weeks that like is doing uh, – it's going to be like a web series that's specifically designed to like you know, be the first – big mobile content to put on your phones and things like that, and your iPods and things like that. So it's a big opportunity. It's MTV, and they want to pay me money to act for, like, a few weeks. And I was like, cool. So then the school was like, well, you can't do that. You're already in this play. And I was like, well... Can't we figure out some way since I'm really not in this play anyway? Like, yeah. And they were like, nope, if you go do that. And so I argued and argued and argued. My parents got on my side. Teachers got on my side. And in the end, the chair was just like, if you do it, you're out. And I said, well, then um, this has been great. That's <laughs> so. bizarre that they wouldn't let you act. And I mean, it's – yeah. The director of the play even was like, you have my best wishes. I think this is a great opportunity for you, and I understand that you really don't need to be in this play. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's weird to think of an academic institution being like, you have to stay here and be a pimp, okay? You have to stay here and be an imaginary pimp, otherwise you're kicked out of this learning institution. If you don't say these five lines, you're not going to learn shit about <laughs> acting, okay? You want to learn. Like, Don't go spend two weeks as a lead on a TV show. You Getting stay paid. here so now, sitting. Now, how did this... Uh, opportunity with MTV come about? Really weirdly, um, I had auditioned at a casting office in Pittsburgh to be a uh, to dress up like a hot dog because the All Star Game was in Pittsburgh that year, and they were like they were casting like a hot dog and a baseball, and it was like twenty five dollars an hour, fifty dollars an hour for like eight hours a day. Oh wow, really good money just to go outside of a baseball stadium and dance in a hot dog costume. So when this MTV show rolled through a casting, they called me back in there and they were like, "Hey, we think you might be good at this too." Um, and just completely on a whim, I went back in there and ended up getting cast in the pilot, which we filmed. Then the pilot got picked up, and then they were now. Like, was it something in, they filmed it in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they filmed the whole thing in Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Yeah. And what was the, what was the premise of the show? Oh god, it's so <laughs> it's so horrible. It's just like it's this girl who is living a great life and she has all these great friends and a great boyfriend and oh my god wait a minute is she on drugs oh is she on heroin oh wait is she dead oh does her boyfriend have aids oh is the show over okay oh that so it's like kind of one of 28 four minute episodes of that happening basically. oh like super dramatized yeah, but the reason it was supposed to be like a comedy kind of thing, but the reason it, it didn't work is because the pilot was shot all in one shot. Like it was, a, it was moving through a party, going through these scenes and stuff like that, and it was really cool because it was going through a party, kind of like that scene in Boogie Nights when you watch William H Macy go all the way through, see his wife right. fucking someone come all. You know, it's all one shot. It's really well done, and that's what the director wanted this to be. Unfortunately, one shot of real life is boring as shit for like four minutes of people just sitting in a diner talking. What's interesting is when you can cut back and forth and catch little reactions. Not when yeah, that's why here, they developed editing. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this had no editing, no music whatsoever. It was just supposed to be as real life as possible, and it just didn't 
work. Which is unfortunate because we were all really excited. We thought we were making something really good. And then, you know, we eventually realized, like, why aren't they putting this out? Why aren't they doing anything with this? And we all, finally we realized, oh, probably because it sucks. <laughs> and, then, and then they sent it to me and I was really excited. I sat down with my girlfriend to watch it. And I, when we sat down and literally after like 30 seconds, I was like, oh. God, dude. <laughs> so this See, that, is what happened. That's why I've always been turned off by acting, or like I'm not as interested in it as like stand up or podcasting, because they, you know, you have so much more control over the product. Where acting and stuff like that, uh, you just kind of do your stuff, and you're yeah. like, okay, hopefully it turns out good. Yeah, you know, and if you really, especially with comedy. It, the, the timing of it or like just you know your comedy timing really well so you you would have to sit there and watch them edit it and be like no this is what's funny about me yeah that's like, I've done so many the thing about acting is like you would never go on, co- on stage and do comedy and be like okay I know this product is shitty but I'm gonna put it out there anyway you would never do that but no. acting you don't choose what you get cast in like you can't be, at, at the level you know at the beginning level you can't say oh I don't want to do this diaper commercial right. like it doesn't matter like so you get cast in all these really horrible projects that you don't you know you, you know, don't want to be in a diaper commercial, Alex? I would actually love to be in a diaper commercial. <laughs> that would I be could... pretty funny. You <laughs> well, it in a diaper commercial. Uh, anyway, it depends. No, okay. Well, yeah, it yeah, depends. Yeah. All right, we're, we're we're getting punny here, but but like that's the thing is just like it didn't matter because it's just it's so it was so like easy doing like one or two lines at a time, you know, playing these bit little parts. Yeah. So it just. You know, acting is sitting for 10 hours and then yeah. you do something for an hour. So. Okay, so the MTV thing, it gets you out of school, doesn't go well. Now you're in Pittsburgh. You don't have a college degree. Yep. You don't have the scholarship. You have your Coke-fueled TGI Friday days to maybe fall back on. What's, bit, where, yeah. do you, where do you go from here? Uh, I started doing uh, ducky tours, which are the amphibious war- – you're from Philly, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. They, you, know, the, you know the duck boats? Yeah. Yeah, I started doing that. I started tour guiding on the amphibious World War II vehicles, um, which was super <laughs> fun, which is actually like my predecessor to stand-up. Like I didn't do stand-up yet, but I used to give like eight-hour-long tours a day, like just me and a microphone, 30 people on a boat, like, you know, here we are, let's talk. And so uh, I started doing that and taking the couple other classes. I was allowed to take – other classes in my college, I just couldn't take any elective or uh, core classes that I needed for my major. So I just kind of dicked around for a year until they finally let me finish the one class. I needed one class to graduate, and it was an academic theater class. Uh. So they wouldn't even let me take that. They told me, I was like, they were they shunned me from any acting class ever at the school. They're like, you have chosen a different route. Like, I tried to take acting. <laughs> I chose for, acting. Yeah, I, I, tried to say, I tried to take acting for non-majors, and the chair of the department stepped in when he saw my schedule and was like, Nope, you cannot take that. I was like, it's for non-majors. I'm a non-major now. He's like, no, no acting classes for you. Like, I was like, this is. Oh, it's good to see they. It's good to see they're not petty like uh, like you would imagine oh, in a man. theater department. Couldn't be- I, just, I just couldn't believe the amount of bullshit that it was. I'm not, at that point, I kind of just like shunned acting school as well. I got, I'm out of here. So, all right. So you're doing the ducky boats. That's kind of like yeah. a precursor to your stand-up. Do when it, do you actually yeah. start doing stand-up? When I got out here, actually. I got out here. and What like, brought the move out here? I, I got my I did a I was cast in the movie Adventureland which I filmed for eventually got cut out of but, oh okay uh, but uh, I got that's how I got my SAG card um, and so I got my card and then I had to, I was kind of like sitting in Pittsburgh going like how long can I really be in Pittsburgh with a SAG card like what am I going to do with this exactly um, and so I figured if I ever want to get out of just one day roles I have to move to L A or New York most of my friends went to New York. But I kind of just, like, I was like, I've done the East Coast. I want to do L.A. I want to see what that's about. So I came out here, and 
my friend was doing stand-up out here, and he was just kind of like, you should do this, man. You should do this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, no, you have to. So finally he talked me into it. He's like, are you going to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, good, because I booked you on a show in two weeks. <laughs> That's what he did. I didn't go to an open mic. I was booked on, like, a bringer show, like, my very oh, first wow. thing at Spotlight Comedy Club. And I did it, and I brought, like, six friends, and it ended up going really well. And I got off stage, and I just remember having this feeling of just, like... Oh, like that yeah. was, that felt good like and i know like i hadn't been like i did i did i did good for my first time but i like you know it wasn't great or anything but i remember having that feeling off stage of like i want to feel this way all the time I want <laughs> yeah exactly you know? it's like it's like mushrooms but you can it see is. how people actually can live a life like that you're like wow yeah. i should be doing comedy all the time and all then you're the like time. wait you can kind of do that but what's funny is I did a really weird path because I didn't really know about the open mic scene and stuff like that. So I did, like, bringer shows and other shows. People would just cat and put me on from those shows, like, like you know, where I didn't have to bring anyone for six months. I didn't do an open mic for six months. Yeah. So anytime, like, I, I wrote a lot of new material in that time because I was new and I had a lot of ideas. And, like, so I bombed a lot. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, just going on stage thinking what I had was funny and it wasn't. And so finally I was like, I should go to an open mic or something like that. And my friend was running one and I was like, I'm going to go to this. And I ended up like, oh, so I should probably do more of these. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I'm, like, now I'm like a little open mic rat. Like, anytime I don't have a show, I'm just like, rah, 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 where's the open mic? Like, where can I just go, like, you know, yell at people for five minutes? And yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, uh, yeah, once you kind of get the bug, you just keep looking for stage time and uh, – Keep chasing that uh, stand-up comedy dragon. Now, you also yeah, um, you also said uh, – I know you started a show, Rooftop Comedy. Yeah, well, it's called it's called Long Way Down because as we all know, Rooftop Comedy is a taken do- domain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's called, it's called It's a Long Way Down um, Comedy with a View because uh, we did it on the roof of our apartment building. My friend – my neighbor Eric and I who started doing comedy uh, a year after me, he uh, was just like – we were looking for a venue, looking at bars and we figured like – we have this awesome rooftop and we could like just do it right here and it's kind of got a natural stage built into it and let's just get some chairs and put some people on it and so first one we did was uh we had 50 people show up and it was awesome we booked like all of my, you know, I booked all my favorite comics from around the city and uh it was just it, it just felt so cool like it was so punk rock and DIY that it was just like like we don't need anyone to tell us what to do we're just gonna be here with a speaker system go ahead smoke your weed during the show drink whatever you want like there's no rules here like and it felt I kind of like it got that vibe to it where like people just kept coming and coming and coming each month because it just felt so real and yeah something it felt like pure. So, something so underground that like I had one friend describe it as um, completely original in a town full of recycled ideas. And, like, I thought that was really cool, is that people wanted to come to this because they said it was, like, the least pressure they've ever had at a comedy show. Like, they just yeah. come and hang out on a roof, and it's more like a party, but they're so... I was What I was always amazed at is how focused they were on the stand-up, how attentive they were, because I was afraid, like, if you're outside, you know, people just kind of drink and look around. But as soon as comedy started, every single time, I think it's because we book good comedians, too, but just... Yep, like lightning beam right into it, and they would just stay so quiet and so respectful. Respectful was that word. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it was my favorite thing for a long time until recently when the cops came. And uh, freaking cops! Cops ruin everything. The best part, like they put me in handcuffs right outside my door, search me for narcotics. You know, get this whole like, we know you have narcotics on you. You know, you know, and we know. And I was like, was well, it because I reek of marijuana right now? And they were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, you know how else? I was like, because you. I was like, uh, no. They were like, your eyes, your eyes are red. I was like, I'm <laughs> in my house. Do you want to see my <laughs> prescription? Like, I'm in my house. What do you want from me? So they just. 
they literally just like slapped their dicks in my face for ten minutes because they could, trying to scare me. The more the metaphorically, cops, right? Of course, uh, slightly <laughs> metaphorically. But one of the cops was trying to do the whole look, look, man. I get what you're trying to do, okay? I get the movement. I was like, don't <laughs> even, dude. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but please, let's not go down this path right yeah, now. Yeah, we were I lucky. Like, like, when we did our uh, comedy garage, I think part of it was we were close to the Burbank airport, so a lot of the windows uh, were, like, double um, double pane, so that would cut down on the noise a lot. And, you know, we did the show there for, like, five years, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, the cops came once, uh, or no, they came twice, I think, over the course of the entire time, and yeah, just they just came, keep it down. yeah, and they were just like, yeah, keep it down, and you know, they moved on. That's but I thing. mean, it was it was contained in a backyard, so I think maybe being on a roof, they're like worried about. Yeah, the fire department when they showed up, they were kind of like, honestly, we don't really. It was really funny because J.C. Coakley showed up late and brought the fire department with her. It was like they she came J. C. up. J.C. Coakley, yeah, female she, comedian. She came up and uh, was and literally was like in the middle of someone else's set. She comes and walks up the stairs to the roof and goes, uh, where's Alex? I need to talk to him. I was thinking like this pretentious bitch, man. <laughs> Coming late, wanted to just go up immediately. And then I see the fire department coming with her. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, and uh, really they didn't know what to do because they were like, well, this is a condo. We don't have any jurisdiction over this. We're kind of concerned about the number of people you have on the roof, but really we don't know if there's anything actually wrong with what you're doing up there. Yeah. So they really didn't have anything to say. The cops called them. <laughs> he still they, showed up. Though. Yeah, the, what happened is the co- someone called the cops, and the cops were like, well, we know we can't do anything about it. Maybe the fire department will be able to do something about it. Maybe it's a code thing. Fire department says, like, well, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's not a commercial it. building. So then, um, so then the cops were recalled, I guess, like when the person wasn't satisfied that there were still people there and still a show going on. And yeah, I always just wonder who the mess. person is that just like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to put those kids in their place. I mean, you do it on a weekend, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's Saturday, Saturday night, night. They called it 8.30 on yeah, a Saturday night. Yeah, come on, night, man. Because they heard 100 people laughing together. That's what it was. Oh, uh, joy. And joy. Can you imagine like just being like, oh, those damn kids that they're all laughing and having a good time. That's it. I'm ending this. Like, fuck. It's just, it's so messed up. When I think about it. And it's really, like, it's not just what they're taking away from, like, myself and Eric, my co-host. They're taking away from all of our friends and all the people yeah, who Yeah, everyone's having it. a like, good time. It's good stage time. People are enjoying themselves. Yeah. It's like, all right, man, what's, what's, what's your angle? They're just miserable people out there. That's it. That's all it is. Well, speaking of, uh, I got a couple clips here. Speaking of the feds, I don't know if you guys heard this story, but it is uh, pretty crazy. So, I guess these... Um, these DEA agents uh, arrested. This was a – well, I think, I think uh, most of it's in the story here. But this kid got busted and they ended up, um, ended up just leaving him in a cell here. Hold on. Daniel Chong Megan says that he was at a friend's house celebrating April 20th, which is a day that marijuana users set aside to smoke pot. He says he's st- – <laughs> First off, that's really funny. <laughs> These people uh, – 420, which uh, marijuana users describe as a time where they come together and celebrate pot. It is hilarious. It's like people <laughs> who smoke pot every day are – yeah, we smoke pot every day. But, man, on 420, we're really going to smoke some pot. We really smoke pot. <laughs> overnight. The next day, the DEA raided the house, took him and eight others down to a local – Local DEA office where there were five holding cells. He was questioned and then said he was or told he was free to go. He was even offered a ride home by one of the agents, but instead he was placed into one of those holding cells 
for almost five days, as you said, no food, no water, no human contact. He says he screamed and pounded on the walls, no response. He could hear people coming and going, but nobody came to him. He says he was forced to drink his own urine and later <laughs> ate this white powdery substance he found in the cell. Turned out to be methamphetamine. Oh, he what? finally decided to take his own life, took his glasses, busted them with his teeth, swallowed some of the glass, and tried to carve his arms. Wow. Yeah. So you think you've oh had a, a bad time with the police. I think this guy yeah. this guy may have tapped you. That's so crazy for so many reasons. First off, I mean, A, that they could just forget you is pretty – and, oh, my God, what that must do to your head. Like you're, you're hungry. You're hallucinating. There was, a, there was a part of the story they said he was like clawing at the walls because he thought there was water in there. Oh, man. And then imagine like you're going through all of that. You're starving to death, and you're just like maybe this white powder is like a little sugar that can help me get through the day. And you end up doing methamphetamines. It's like, no. Why is there methamphetamine now, in there? Yeah, now like, I can't even sleep either. Are they just hiding meth in prison cells? Like, oh, <laughs> if you can scratch enough, you'll find it. Exactly. What, what, what I heard, though, too, is like it wasn't just a 420 thing. Like apparently they had like 18,000 pills of ecstasy in the yeah, house. Yeah, I mean they didn't – like, um, yeah, they said raid and they didn't really cover it in this thing. But it sounded like – I don't know if he was one of the main dealers or not. Um, it sounds like he was at his buddy's house, so maybe he was a part of, like, one of the dealers. Either way, it was his buddy's place, he was hanging out, and yeah, I mean, there was, like, 12 guns and all this other stuff, yeah. so the DEA people were probably, you know, pissed off or whatever. It's great, though, because now he gets to sue for $20 million. Yeah, he put in a $20 million claim, and yeah, as bad as this was... I don't know, man. Logan, would you, uh, would you take going through that for a chance to sue the, uh, the DEA for $20 million? I mean... I'm gonna say yeah, but I haven't gone through it. So. I mean, what's, I what's know, I mean, the money? Like, I would say I would say yes now, but like 12 hours into it, I'd be like, no, I don't want the money. Get me out of here. What's your, I mean, like, yeah, like, what's your price for something like that? Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking it wouldn't take 20. I'm thinking like half a million for me. I would do that for five days. <laughs> tax, like, tax I mean, free? the worst part yeah. of it is he didn't know when they were gonna get him. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, that's yeah, the real. That's like, the scary shit. If you went into it going, hey. Five days, you're not going to get any food and water, blah, blah, blah. At least your brain can wrap its head around that. Or, like, I mean, you can – your head can wrap – whatever the expression is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the idea, like like you said, that you have no idea whether you're getting out or not, uh, that's got to be the freaky part. Or, yeah. Or that, just, well, that's – I mean, that's when you literally just start – you knew you would go insane. You would start – you would start hallucinating and tripping. Your mind would go all kinds of other places because especially with no – with no nutrients and no human interaction and you're just in a tight little space, you're going to go absolutely mental. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what really kills you is the, the fact that, uh, yeah, you, no human interaction. Uh, you're just consumed with your own thoughts and you have no idea whether they're going to let you add or not. That, that's uh, – yeah, I don't understand like how there's not – I mean – or so I've heard about jail, but there's like you, you can usually see out, or they can keep an eye on you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you have to be, and if you're in a place where it's like it's um, you know solitary confinement, they still I would obviously realize the check on you. I just don't imagine a holding cell where they couldn't keep an eye on you. You think that would be like, oh no, that's yeah. bad. Like you would either have a camera or. Uh, like an open window so that you're not doing any – like you're not trying to kill yourself or do methamphetamine or – you know what I mean? Like you usually – they have a way to keep an eye on yeah, you. Yeah, how did no one ever like walk the hallway or anything and realize that there was a person in there? Like do they not check their own cells? It's yeah, really I don't know. Weird That's a thing. It's a bizarre, bizarre story. Um, 
Are you a uh, you a fight fan at all? What, like boxing or yeah, UFC yeah. or what? I yeah. mean, I, I enjoy watching it. I don't know like I like I, I don't know names as much and stuff like that. But well, uh, this Saturday Mayweather is fighting Mayweather this, uh, um, Floyd, right? Yeah, yeah Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather yeah. They're fighting Cotto, and they do this. Um, they do this twenty four seven show leading up to uh, the the fights now, and it's like four uh, half hour episodes. It's kind of like a, just a, basically a documentary about the two fighters' camps. It's really good. It's it's from the same people that do the um, that do the uh, football show on HBO. Oh and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah! I love that. The uh, Inside the NFL. Uh, no, not or? Inside the NFL. The um, the, uh, hard the knocks, team. Oh, yeah, okay. where they where yeah, they yeah, follow yeah. the team, yeah, yeah. So it's like really good voiceover and just shot really well, really amazing. But this is from an, I got this clip just because this this clip cracks me up. So this is a uh, Roger Mayweather is a uh, Floyd. I mean Floyd Mayweather is hilarious dude, and there's just soundbite after soundbite like. Basically, this guy should have his own reality show, Floyd Mayweather. Like, he'll, he'll just—I mean, he's just like throwing money around. He's hanging out with Fifty Cent at the mall. There, uh, you know, he's like—he's—he's <laughs> he's goofing on—he's uh, like cracking gay jokes about the other fighter and stuff. Well, I mean, in this one, it's great because the other fighter, uh, this dude Cotto, sleeps with his trainer as part of the training regimen. Like, they sleep in the same bed. Oh, so man. then, it, in like the next <laughs> episode, it shows Floyd Mayweather like watching, watching these two guys sleeping. He's like, what? Oh man, you know that he's just he's just uh, goofing <laughs> on him left and right. But this is an old clip from like the a previous one that just oh man, I love it. This is uh his basically leads into um Roger Mayweather is his uncle and this is his trainer. So uh yeah. It might beg the question, with so much cash in hand, why keep fighting? And they're basically saying like Floyd Mayweather's so successful, why is he still why is he still going out there and still doing it? You say he didn't Floyd done it all? Why should he be hungry? Why do Bill Gates still make them fucking computers? <laughs> he got about fifty billion dollars. So, tell me, why? That's why Floyd's still hungry. Then. So you're, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's such a great analogy. Yeah, why? Why is uh, why is Floyd Mayweather still out there doing it? Well, and Floyd Mayweather doesn't have fifty billion dollars. He also has like. Had a ton of tax issues. They and always do. Yeah, he just spends like, yeah, he just spends money like a maniac. Which is, I mean, it's got to be liberating just to, li- just to live that lifestyle and just spend money like that and just not care at all. Yeah. And the only reason he's not in jail right now is, I guess, well, there was like a domestic incident with his old lady, if you can believe it. And um, it was something over the custody of the kids. And then I think she was supposed to have custody and he wouldn't let the kids leave because he's like, no, it's my turn for custody. Whatever. Uh, you know, there might have been a, a cell phone thrown or something. But he's supposed to do 90 days in jail. But it, being Las Vegas, he went to the judge and was like, hey, I got this prize fight coming up. And he's like, all right, I'll allow you to continue earning a living. So now he's, <laughs> he's basically just going to do the prize fight, and then he has to do uh, 90 days right after. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's a, that's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful world of boxing. Yeah, being an athlete at all. So it doesn't, uh, did, you, did you rape someone, Kobe? Well, yes, but remember <laughs> three-pointer. <laughs> ah! Put yeah. it back on the court. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to turn a blind eye. I mean, as an Eagles fan and a Michael Vick supporter, we've all made mistakes hey, in our past. So, you know, you got to move on. You're a, you're a Baltimore guy. Are you a Ravens fan? I actually, like, I'm actually more of a Steelers fan. To be oh, really? When I really got into football, like, wow. I, I used to watch football a lot. But when I really got into it, um, 
it was when I was in college and like because I lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah, when you, you get live in Baltimore, in. people like the Ravens. People watch the Ravens, but when you live in Pittsburgh, like oh, it's a lifestyle. It is like you don't see any other color on Sunday than black and gold in hockey season and basketball. Or, that and, is and always cool season. that they like, all have the same colors. They do. Yeah, it's a really good thing. It's actually the colors of William Pitt that was uh, they were made as colors back in uh, 1892. Too. This is all ducky tour shit. You ever find like, yourself doing that? Like a, a joke oh, isn't going man. well, so you just fall back on like ducky tour. Yeah, I just start going like, actually, this has more bars per block than any other city. And I just start doing material about a building that nobody's yeah, not exactly. around. Exactly. Hey, well, oh man, my my bit about the three rivers combining into one river. Oh, oh, it's not it's not playing well either. You oh, guys don't know about the confluence. What's wrong with you? This exactly. is very important. George Washington came here. Lewis and Clark. So as, uh, as a man who spent time in Pennsylvania, you're familiar with the rural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw this uh, dating site. Now, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty hilarious uh, dating site revolving around the rural lifestyle. Now, I just have the audio. I just have the audio. but it's a uh, shame because the, the visual is also quite good. Yeah, I mean, you're starting <laughs> off. Uh, it's basically showing some farm animals, and the farm animals are talking. So. Where's Jill? She's really lonely and out walking the cornfield again. <laughs> they just show a sad woman walking alone in a cornfield. <laughs> Do you think they will ever find us true love? Not hanging out with us all day. We used to be lonely. Until we met on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com is the new online dating site for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folks. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely. City folks just don't get it. <laughs> they don't get what it's like to make love to a woman the country way. What's funny about all those is just like, like, how specific are we going to get? Are we going to have dry cleaners only? Or are we going to have like... Yeah, where do they stop at the occupation? <laughs> There's no line to that. Just because, obviously, like... Is, yeah, I get it. Farming, you have to be on the farm a lot, but any job, you have to be there a lot. Like, it's, right, yeah. and and it's it's it, yeah, it's, it's yeah, all, you live in a rural area, you should be yeah, able to meet. You're people. you're right. gonna run into people who are also rural. Why not just go on your Craigslist? I'm sure if you go on Craigslist in Altoona, Pennsylvania, you're gonna find other people in Altoona who are, are living a pretty similar lifestyle. Yeah, or at least close by in Johnstown. Yeah, Local exactly. references. <laughs> oh, we could talk Johnstown all day. But um they uh yeah, it's hilarious the the visual too of just like a sad man and a sad woman both walking in the cornfield and they never do they never have a scene where they unite. It's just like the logo comes on. Yeah. And I felt really I felt really torn. <laughs> but not torn enough that I wasn't gonna bring the commercial on and goof on them for for I wanting mean, to find love, I mean, with the thing fellow is, somebody has invested a lot of money in that though, because they are playing on public airspace, like and stuff like that, a lot. Like I've seen that commercial. A yeah, few I was times. I was watching the Flyers game, which is a nationally. I mean, hockey isn't uh, you know what it was, but I mean it's you know a national broadcast on uh, NBC Sports Channel. So I imagine. Yeah, they're, they're throwing a couple bucks, and the video looks hilariously out of date. Like it looks oh, like yeah. a Those commercial from, from the seventies. <laughs> it's, 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 I just like. You know, how many how much clientele do they really have on there that's going on there? Like, you know, some guy just sitting in his barn going, That's for me. <laughs> I've never found love before. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I can see it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I'm sure there's uh Yeah, but I like we were saying, I think if you live in a rural area 
and you are a farmer or whatever, if you just went on and looked at your local listings, you would find – it's not like you're going to find like, oh my god. <laughs> they have uh, they have all these pictures of like um, – you're tired of all these other dating sites and it's like Slick Willie from Las Vegas like chomping a cigar <laughs> and just like Lonely Tony from New York. And it's just like this weird like Guido dude with a towel draped <laughs> over his neck. It's like these guys aren't in your local area. Like if you're, if you're going on in Millersville, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, you're not finding Lonely Tony. I mean, yeah, it's probably an Italian guy, but he's probably a farmer or, you know, I don't even think there are any farmers anymore. I think it's mostly just corporate farms. Yeah, and, yeah it, it's, it's, it just seems like such a dying thing. Like if that, like Yeah, if you're going to meet them at the cattle. You're going to meet them at the 4-H club. You're going to meet them where you have your, gr- your uh, grain grinded or you know, you're going to run dance. into them. Yeah, exactly. The hay bale outlet, wherever. You guys are going to run into each other. <laughs> That's a good store, by the way, the hay bale outlet. I do all my shopping there. You hey, can tell he's prices. a city slicker. Yeah, exactly. It's not an outlet. City folks just don't get it. Yeah, we get it. We totally get it. You hate people who know how to read. Yeah, and you you're, don't like you're it, you don't like electricity. Okay? I understand. You're not a fan. I do like home churn butter. That's pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh, man. Time has flown by. Uh, Alex, appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. This was great. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with the haiku? Let's do it. Baltimoreon doing coke off a menu <laughs> fingering kids butts <laughs> solid Logan solid beautiful and uh, just to clarify it was only one butt that he was accused of so you, we don't want to we don't want to disparage this man's name all right Alex uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show where can uh, where can people check you out online uh, or Alex, your... yeah you can I mean you can find me obviously on Facebook and Twitter at Hooper Hairpuff. Um, if you get this in time I'll be playing Sam Kinison in the Ghosts of the Comedy Store show tomorrow night uh, which okay is... so yeah this is gonna post on Friday so yeah so and you can check I'll be at Public House on Monday over here on uh, Vermont Boulevard and yeah just find me on Facebook Twitter all that good stuff and in your refrigerator. All right, check him out there, and uh, got a couple dates here to plug. May 16th, I'll be in San Jose. Uh, May 18th, we're doing another Comedy Garage at the new spot, Rafa's Lounge in Echo Park, and just announced a new show in Philly. All the details will be uh, coming out for that Philly show shortly. You can just uh, check out the website. We've got all the tour dates there. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it live here every week on ShantiGreen.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out the documentary, excuse me, also check out DocumentaryLabel.com.